welcome to this podcast with me, Steve Griffiths. Are you ready to tell other people about the love of God for them? What stops you sharing the good news about Jesus? To think a little bit more about this, we're going to reflect on a passage that may not obviously come to mind in this context, which is Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 to 8, where Isaiah describes the vision he sees of God's glory in the temple. And he ends up saying, here I am, send me. I want to think about this passage because it seems to me to be useful in that it speaks about God's calling on our lives to tell other people the good news of his saving love, despite our own human frailties. Now the historical context of this passage is important. Isaiah was prophesying during the reign of King Uzziah, who was king of Israel for 52 years. And he was a reasonably good king, and Israel had prospered. They believed that their king, King Uzziah, would be the source of their hope for the future. So it's really telling that Isaiah begins in verse 1 by saying, In the year that King Uzziah died, all hope in Israel had gone. There was only despair and a deep sense of loss, a lack of security. King Uzziah had died, and with him the hopes of the people of Israel. But Isaiah now presents a new vision for God's people. He says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted. There's a clear parallel Isaiah is drawing here that if we put all our hope in earthly leaders, earthly systems of rule, organisations and structures for society, then we will inevitably be disappointed because all of these are temporary and will fade away or collapse. But if we put our trust in the Lord high and exalted, we will never be disappointed. We never need lose hope. Because God is eternal and his power is beyond all telling. And Isaiah catches a glimpse of this and shares it with us through this metaphor about his glory. Isaiah says in verse 1, The train of his robe filled the temple. Now in those days the train of a king's robe was lengthened whenever he conquered another kingdom. So the fact that the train of God's robe fills the temple is a metaphor for his power and the fact that he rules the entire world. Our hope and confidence as Christians is based on the fact that God is sovereign over all. God is on the throne. He is in control. It doesn't always seem like that, does it? We look at the news and we see the chaos in our world or we look at our own lives and see the chaos there too. And we may be tempted to think that God is not in control at all. But his ways are mightier than our limited knowledge. And whilst it's true that we may not always understand God's sovereignty, that doesn't mean it isn't real. And because God is sovereign, he is worthy of our praise and worship, and the whole of the created order joins us in worshipping God. As we read in verse 2, the seraphim cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. These incredible supernatural creatures know that even they must humble themselves before God. And if they are humble before God, how much more so should we be? And how much more is God to be glorified in the light of the cross? God in heaven is worthy of glory and honour and praise. And then Jesus comes to earth and is crucified for us and deals with the problem of sin and cleanses us and secures our salvation. And in the light of that, surely we are to humble ourselves and bow down in worship before the throne of God. And we must never forget the absolute transcendent power of God. He is holy, holy, holy. He's far above us. 
He's set apart from creation. And sometimes we're tempted to get a bit chummy with God, aren't we? Now, he is our friend, of course, and we can be intimate with him. But our friendship, our intimacy, is never an excuse for being casual with God and forgetting his awesome majesty. And we're reminded here that God is not only our friend, but that he's judge of the world too. In verse 4 we're told, And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. God is great and powerful, and we must never be too casual in his presence. And Isaiah realised this. In verse 5 he recognised that he is nothing in the presence of this awesome God. Isaiah says this, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. As Isaiah encounters God's holiness, so he becomes aware of his own unworthiness. And that is so often the case with us, of course. Quite often we're going through a period of growth in the Christian faith. We're learning more, we're reading the Bible, we're praying more, we're attending more worship, we're really getting into things. And then we get a crisis of conscience. We start to think about how unworthy we are. We start thinking and then telling ourselves, I'm just a fraud. I'm playing at being a Christian. There are others who are so much better than me. There are others so much more holy than me. I'm not really a Christian at all. I'm just playing at this and I really shouldn't engage with this game anymore. Have you ever thought that? I know I have. And Isaiah felt like that too. Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. Having seen the glory of the Lord, he became overwhelmed with a sense of his own sinfulness. He sees that God is holy, and he isn't. But is that the end of the story? Is he finished with God? Is God finished with him? Is his human weakness so big that he's no use to God anymore? Well, this is what we read in verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. God's grace towards us is so great, so immense, that our own weakness and frailty is no barrier for him. No matter how weak we are, no matter how weak our faith, no matter how much we think we're a fraud, it makes no difference to God whatsoever. He takes our guilt away. He heals us. He forgives us. But more than that, he utterly believes in us. God believes in you. If you remember nothing else today, remember this. God believes in you. Even if your belief in God is weak, God believes in you. And he trusts you with the gospel message to tell other people about his love for the world. And so in verse 6, God asks the question, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? Who will tell others about God's love? Who will share the story of all that God has done for us? And Isaiah, weak, frail, vulnerable, full of sin, unconfident, lacking in knowledge, Isaiah says, Here I am, send me. He doesn't ask questions. He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't volunteer because he knows that he's brilliant. He just knows that he has to do it. He's experienced God's love. He knows what it is to be forgiven. And so he says, here I am, send me. 
What about you? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting to be more holy? Are you waiting for the contradictions in your life to disappear? Are you waiting until you know the Bible better? Are you waiting until you are as good a Christian as, well, whoever it is you compare yourself to? God's not interested in any of that. He wants you as you are. He wants you now. You are forgiven. You know enough. You are ready. So what's stopping you from saying with Isaiah, Here I am. Send me. To tell others about the love of God, what do you need? Do you need qualifications? No. Do you need a profound knowledge of scripture? No. Do you need to be more holy than everyone else? No. You just need to know that you're loved by God and that he's given you a new life, a fresh start in life and that your story will help others to find God for themselves. In the eyes of God, you are beautiful. You are amazing. You are worth loving. And God has chosen you to be his precious child. Now, isn't that good news? Isn't that worth sharing? So it's time to stop seeing yourself from that earthly perspective. Woe is me, I'm a sinner. And start seeing yourself from God's perspective. You are beautiful. You are amazing. You are chosen. And when we start to see ourselves like that, we can join with Isaiah and say, Here I am. Send me. So, I hope you found this a useful podcast. And my prayer for you today is that you'll be able to see past your own weaknesses and see yourself as God sees you. And more than that, that you will have a vision of the glory of God and a desire to share that with other people. So whatever you're doing today, I hope that you have a great day. And I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye.